red, yellow, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Uh, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Yeah, you got it. Red leather, yellow leather, red ye- leather, yellow leather. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. We are snowed in, Kelly. We are. We're going nowhere. We are snowed in. I'm like living La Vida Loca out here with the snow dogs, with Paul Walker and the eight. What is that movie called? The, um, the eight. Eight. It's like eight dogs. It's not important. Eight below. That's what it's called. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, it's a movie with Paul okay. Walker, and he yeah. is like a sled dog runner, and they get snowed in, and it's actually very sad. I won't tell you why, because I think it will upset you, and it's also a spoiler, but it's like a Disney movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. I appreciate you uh, telling me about it. I'm probably going to just enjoy being snowed in with my cat and hopefully that situation will not end however that film ends yeah it probably won't probably no probably but I mean, nothing's, I have lots, nothing's impossible I have, I have heat and electricity and lots of food so like well like i said nothing's impossible you're you're right you know what <laughs> For all I know, Troy Baker could appear in my house at any moment and and ruin my day. You know how he would ruin your day? How? How's that? Uh, he would start shilling uh, <laughs> NFTs. Uh, as we discussed at length ad nauseum last week about non-fungible tokens, um, Troy Baker decided that he wanted to give us some news this week. He said, you know what? I think Kelly and Andrew really want to keep talking about <laughs> NFTs. Um, so Definitely he did not. <laughs> announced this partnership with this voice AI company to create voice NFTs, which if it sounds really stupid to you, that's because it is really stupid. <laughs> um, it is the depth of stupidity is knows no bounds. There is no limit. Um, and then he was criticized a lot because, you know, the aforementioned stupidity. And uh, he apologized, but, you know. (sighs) That doesn't really mean much. Yeah, it's kind of hard to take these apologies seriously because it's like, it gets kind of exhausting having like these famous people just sort of like shill things that they apparently don't do any research into or they think that they can get away with it and like people will be fine with them doing it. And it's like most people probably don't care, but a lot of people won't be fine with it. Uh, I don't know. And well, it's also like a double stupid because for one, the the terminology in his announcement of like you can either create or you can hate, which like implies that disliking NFTs is just hating on something creative, which is not what it is, you know? Right. I th- I think 
you know, I've seen tons of beautiful digital art that people have commissioned and that was money that was spent and, you know, a beautiful product was created. And then I see all these NFTs and they're just heaping garbage. (laughs) And it's like, that's not, it's different, you know, and one is not bad for the environment and the other is. Yeah. NFTs are bad for the environment, if that wasn't implied. Yeah. I think um, sometimes people just, it's like the rich person, stupid threshold. It's like once you make a certain amount of money and you're like rich enough, you just like stop being smart <laughs> and start investing in NFTs. Not really investing because it's not real money, but. No. And I mean, it's also the fact that this is like a voice AI company which in the end has the goal of basically replacing voice actors. Yeah. It's like they're trying to create like AI for these voice actors, which theoretically means that these voice actors could like sell their likenesses to more games or whatever and like make, you know, make more money as an individual, which could be cool for some smaller voice actors. But let's be realistic. It will probably lead to a few voice actors overtaking every single role if it worked. And also a lot of theft of people's voices and stuff. And it's just, it's shaky ground. So combining that with the NFT argument, the NFT situation, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It felt very out of touch. Yeah. It's also- He also posted it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, kind of like reiterating what you said, it's also just very weird for a voice actor to advocate for something like this because- I don't know. It just makes the industry harder for everybody else. It's like being on the ladder and then pulling up the ladder after you're done instead of like helping other people up the ladder. I don't know. Do you remember during like the discussions of Last of Us 2 when people were kind of making fun of it for being too long? Troy Baker was like on the forefront of fighting people who (laughs) tried to say that it was too long. And it's like, you know, I guess his argument was basically like, oh, well, it's it's art and you really shouldn't argue with people's opinions of art or whatever but he also used like teddy roosevelt quotes to fight people (laughs) and it was it just felt very out of touch it was a legitimate discussion that should have been had you know game length and stuff but he was just like no yeah i mean he takes himself way too seriously just look at his hair but sorry (laughs) it's turning into a roast i think he's a great voice actor but it's kind of like it's like i was saying before you get to a threshold of like enough money and you just your intelligence starts to you know, go out the window. Yeah. Also, his initial tweet had a picture attached to it that was supposed to be like an N. I think it was an NFT. I don't know how it works exactly, but my God, it was some of the worst art I've ever seen. <laughs> it was just like, it looked like it was made in like Microsoft Paint in t- like four minutes by a amateur. It was rough. This whole thing, I just felt, it felt messy and it was not fun and it was not a fun way to start the week or end off last week. And also, I don't like, I don't know, I just, I love Troy Baker's roles that he's done. I think he's a remarkable actor, and I kind of wish he would, like, live up to the expectations that his fans have for him and not just try things to see if he can make money. Yeah, I'm looking at his apology now, and it's just, like, it's not even really an apology. He's basically just like, I I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was cool. But that's on him. I know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if somebody offered you a job and like they were like, do you want this job? And you're like, what's the job? And then they told you how much you were going to make. And you're like, okay, what's the job? But you just took it because the amount they said and not like you didn't understand the job. That's how this feels like 
He basically signed a partnership deal with somebody without knowing what it was a partnership for. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's probably an open and shut thing since he's apologizing now, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few weeks he was like, okay, like, here are the details of the deal. Yeah. In other news, Sony is now pulling PlayStation Now cards from circulation in retail stores. This sounds in itself like nothing because I'm assuming most subscribers to PlayStation Now are not going out to buy physical cards. And also PlayStation Now is not a very sought after service. And also who really cares about retail cards for digital services? Um, but this does seem to align with the expectations that a lot of reports have of the new Game Pass competitive competing service that PlayStation is planning to release in the next few months. Because obviously, if they're releasing Game Pass, they can't have PlayStation Now cards still circulating. I'm very excited by the prospect and the fact that this is starting to seem a lot more solid and like it's actually happening makes me pretty excited. Yeah. I wonder what happens to people who have PS Now. I'm assuming it like upgrades up either with an exact like one-to-one -one price range or they give you a small discount. Yeah. Um, Because I remember that's how I got... I had... This is kind of cheating the system here, but I bought a bunch of EA Play memberships um, right when Xbox... Game Pass and EA Play merged on Microsoft platforms and they were on sale so I got them for like half off and then those just translated into like an equivalent amount of Game Pass hmm. so I'm assuming this will be similar where if like the price of one month of PlayStation now equates to like two months of the new service then it'll just translate or vice versa yeah I hope so. That'd be nice for PS Now users. Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's probably going to be, it could definitely be more expensive, if, especially if like these tiers that were rumored are true. But it would be nice if they're kind of grandfathered in the PlayStation Now users because, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of them. No. I don't personally know any of them, actually. You know one. You use PlayStation Now? I don't. But... So I know zero. Well, you know one, but he's not a part of this conversation right now. Oh, I didn't know I knew one. <laughs> it's just for online. Oh, I have PlayStation Plus. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. You know what? I don't think I have PS now then. Yeah, I have PlayStation Plus. I, th I know a few people with PlayStation Plus because online. Yeah. But no, PlayStation now is you have to pay separately. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know what. Yeah. No, I don't know a single PlayStation Now user. I've been offered trials before and I just I've been like, no, nah, I'm good. That's when that's when, you know, I'm really not interested in a service when I'm offered it for free. And I say no. <laughs> Still say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, One game that may that maybe wasn't before, but maybe will be now on the PlayStation Game Pass. Which is probably not going to be called Game Pass. <laughs> That'd be rough if it was. Um, Stalker 2, which was supposed to come out in April of this year, 
has been delayed until December 8th of this year. Um, so if you think about it, April is in a few months, right? It feels a little bit more attainable. But think about it. December, we just got done with December. Think about how far that was from the from January of 2021. Now, think about how devastated it, you must be to not be able to play Stalker 2 until December 8th. Just saying. You. <laughs> you specifically. Low, lowly listener. listener who is very sad about Stalker 2's delay. I'm so sorry. And I don't call you lowly because I think you're lowly. I call you lowly because you're, you're down in the dumps. Yeah. I'm so sorry this happened to you, dear listener. Yeah. I wish that I could make this untrue. But unfortunately, it is true. And I know you're very devastated. But don't fret. Because come December 8th, you will be frolicking in the fields of Chernobyl. Um, you know what this makes me wonder? What? Because a few weeks ago, we heard news that NFTs, I hate that we're still talking about this, I'm sorry, that NFTs were heavily integrated into Stalker 2. Mm. And then in response, they were like, oh, like, sorry, everybody was so mad. Like, we'll take them out. And then not that long after, they're like, we need eight more months. It makes me wonder if, like, that was heavily integrated and changes, like, the progression or, like, the basic design of the game. And that's why this big delay happened. Maybe. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I just wonder, everybody talks about, like, blockchain and, and NFTs and video games, and it's like, how? Like, I can't conceptualize it. Like, you especially online games, like you already own these things. You can't have, I don't know. I think people talk a lot about it, but they don't actually know how to like conceptualize it because there is no concept. It's also, it's just like, you just said it. It's like we have already acquired this digital product and it's not fungible in a lot of senses. I can't sell my digital games to anybody else. It is just like a one-time purchase. So the only difference is like, you know, the blockchain stuff and all this, like they're talking about like the metaverse and all this stuff. It's like, how is that much different from what we're doing other than, you know, the number, like the sheer quantity of money involved? Because, you know, if you buy a game for $60, you buy a game for $60, you're done. But if you buy a product that has a bunch of NFT stuff, in it that you can also pay for it feels like an exaggerated form of like the microtransaction economy that already exists in so many games yeah and a lot more toxic and a lot more money grabbing yeah and a lot more predatory it's also very questionable just because it's such a young like there's there's not really any oversight i mean people i you know there's not any oversight at all. I mean, it's it's not like real. It's not real. It's not real money. It's not real property. <laughs> so people use it for like money laundering and stuff. It, it's kind of like, how can you put that in a product and sell the product and, and, and in, a, in a way that is, is, is legal and properly taxed in the market? I don't think you can, which is why Steam is like, we can't do any games with NFTs. And that's probably why developers want to use NFTs, not developers, I should say publishers, yeah. because they can 
probably get more money out of it. Yeah. It just feels... It feels icky. Yeah. When it was ex- when an NFT was explained to me for the first time, it sounded like a good thing to me because it was basically explained like, oh, if an artist makes a digital form of art, here is a way that that artist can make a, a proper sum of money from one buyer without the concern that they will just have their art instantly stolen and lose out on proper amount of profit. And I was like, that's a good idea. That sounds really cool. And the second that all these major corporations started being like, we want to be involved, I was like, that your motivations are questionable to be generous with my terms. Right. And especially with these companies that are already known for being so predatory with their microtransactions and with the way they monetize their video games, adding this just seems like a bad idea. Right. And I don't think there's any consideration for the ethics. No. And it, and I, I think that's really gross. I mean, even just for like optics sake like just pretend you care about the environment you know <laughs> like it doesn't have to be re- realistic because let's be honest these companies are are created to make money and the way they make money is through production and production inherently is bad for the environment but it's kind of like it just pretend like you don't even have to be honest just pretend and there's not <laughs> even any like there's not even any attempt to be like, oh yeah, we're being, we're thinking about this. It's like, you didn't think about it, and then you went ahead with it, and now you look like a clown. You got your big clown nose on and your big clown shoes, and you're honking all the way down the street with your fooly, foolish, silly behavior, hawking these like, this like fake, this like fake property. It's not real. And also, I feel like there's been a lot of like art theft in the whole sphere and it's I don't know the whole thing is just it feels very unethical to me and I guess it's disappointing to see the amount of people and corporations just be like full steam ahead not on steam though not on that's right not full (laughs) steam ahead on steam full epic game store ahead (laughs) yeah that's pretty good Hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to talk about this again for a while. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I feel there's a high chance that we are going to be talking as much about NFTs in 2022 as we did about acquisitions in 2021. Mm. But these feel way worse. Yeah. Because it's even messier. Mm-hmm. But something that is not messy, something that is pristine, beautiful, wonderful, round. Pink. Pink is Corby. Corby. (laughs) Kirby and the Forgotten Land got a new surprise trailer. Nintendo went ahead and dropped it on YouTube it included a lot of information, a lot of new gameplay, some showing off of co-op, and most excitingly, a release date of March 25th. Woo! Woo! Oh no, <laughs> I don't like that we synced up our woos. Um, this was really surprising to me because it was just dropped on YouTube on the 12th without warning. It wasn't part of a direct or anything, um, but it was... This trailer demonstrated 
the game even better than the reveal, I think. And it got me way more excited than I already was, which I didn't think was possible. Um, it looks so good. It looks so good. Like, I knew copy abilities were a given, but it, now that we've seen them, I'm really excited. The graphics are, like, incredibly nice. Especially, like, there's a shot of, like, this dog, rabbit, bunny, dog, wolf thing. Sure. I don't know what it is. It's an animal <laughs> on all fours. But it's, like, hyper close up on them during a cutscene, and they have, like, all this fuzz. It's very cute. Aww. And the waddledees look incredible. I don't even know what to say. I just, I'm just so pumped. This this trailer made me way more excited. It feels way more like a real product that we'll get to play in just a couple months. Also, the release date really surprised me. March is not what I expected. Yeah. This looks I went back and checked. Good. We both guessed the beginning of May as a release date. We weren't super far off. No, just about a month. But something about like the sound, the difference between... May 7th and March 25th, like, purely from the sound of it, is incredible. Like, March 25th sounds like tomorrow, and May May 7th sounds like a year away, even though they're only, like, a month apart. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I just got so excited watching this. So there's some really interesting shots at the end of, like, some post-apocalypse things, which we already kind of saw, but we got some interesting more previews. I don't even know what to, I can't I can't even talk well because I'm so pumped. Just want to play Corby. Do you think is this local co-op only or do you think it's online? I think it's on so they didn't confirm directly, but right after they showed off the co-op, they had a little thing at the bottom that was like Nintendo Switch online required for online play. Mm. So I I I think that it's probably online. But it also looks like the co-op mode is kind of secondary like <clears throat> um, in Bowser's Fury that came out last year it had a co-op mode but that was like in hard quotations because one player controlled the camera and was in the center of the screen and the other could be like kind of just fly off as Bowser Jr. and do whatever I have a feeling that whoever's playing Bandana, Bandana D in this game will probably be very secondary as far as the game is concerned Aww, some of the enemies are really cute yeah it also has like a center town hub thing where you can pay to like upgrade the town and I'm like I I just love those like sim elements in games like these. Yeah. It's so pretty. It looks good. Will you I be day this, 1 purchasing? I'll be day 0 purchasing. I'm yeah, I don't know why I said that. I'm not <laughs> going to pre-order it cuz I'm just going to show up at a store and buy it on day 1, but yeah. I will definitely be reviewing this game the second it comes out. I am stoked. Yes. Uh, related to that, though, Nintendo also confirmed that there are more plans for Kirby's 30th anniversary. Who knows what that means? Uh, they released a wallpaper. Um, so that's that's uh, that's really cool. <laughs> I won't be happy until they release a wallpaper I can put on my wall in my room, my <gasps> physical wall. I would buy that. Just a bunch of little Kirby's. Thank you. Um, um Nintendo. Just throw ideas out there and I think maybe you should pay me for these ideas. That's or all. just make the wallpaper and send it to Kelly. Yeah, or just do that. That works for Either me. way. 
I'm hopeful that this doesn't just mean like wallpapers. I'm hopeful that this is a tease for like some really interesting stuff, maybe some remasters of old games or because I, I mean, they can't release another Kirby game this year that's new, probably. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows what this means? Yeah. We have a whole year to find out. Yeah. I was going to say we only have two months, but then I realized. We have 12. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of Kirby 30th anniversary. Yes. Hopefully it'll be better than like the Zelda anniversary was. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, uh, let's not even speak that into existence. <laughs> let's not manifest. At least we're getting a new Kirby game. Like at least a new game's coming out. That beats Zelda already. That's true. That's true. It's not just. Kirby Reloaded, Remastered, $70, please. That'd be... If they made a remastered package of the two 3DS games, that'd be really incredible. I love those games. Yeah. I haven't played Kirby since Game Boy, so... Are you going to play Forgotten Land? Probably. It looks very cute. I uh, Are you more likely thanks to this trailer, or...? Yeah. I like cute things, so if I see cute things in my game, I'm... uh, I'm going to be buying it. That's all I have to say. So at the end of this month, the end of January, um, Pokemon Legends releases on Friday the 28th. Um, Very exciting. So Nintendo, a few days ago, released a 13-minute gameplay preview. Um, it's, It's meaty, you know? There's a lot going on in this preview. There's We're throwing berries at Psyducks. We are talking to people. We are finding resources. This is something I'm learning about myself as I get older. I really enjoy resource collecting in games. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like the most tedious thing that you can do in a video game. And yet, and yet, I really enjoy it. I don't know if there's, I just enjoy like the mindless like collecting element of it but anyway uh this game releases in two in one week kind of what day of release of the podcast 10 days away yeah so a little over a week so um andrew how did you feel about this gameplay preview it was very meaty it definitely showed off a lot more of this game than we've seen in the past I still don't know what this game is. <laughs> like, th- what are we doing? I mean, I know that it's like basically making the first Pokedex, which is really cool. I like the idea that you have to like catch a bunch of Pokemon of a type so that you can research them, you know? And like you have to see them do attacks because they've never discovered this Pokemon. They don't know what attacks it has. Right. That's cool. And I, I think that alone could carry a game if it was well designed and had a good loop. But it's just in- insane to me that there is a Pokemon game coming out in less than two weeks, and we still kind of don't know much about it. Yeah, I'm kind. I'm still excited though. Like I, this trailer made me more excited because it looks like a functional game, more so than every other trailer so far. And it seems to be like solid in its performance and stuff, which was one of my biggest concerns. Because my goodness, some of those early trailers actually looked terrible (laughs) yeah and i think my biggest word for this game is curiosity because i just have i don't know what we're about to get into yeah i like the characters 
I don't know. I think it's really cool to see characters in this style. And I also like how it's called the Survey Corp. Um, it's giving Attack on Titan. Um, it's giving historical. <laughs> <laughs> my my comments have fallen apart. <laughs> um, I'm ex- I'm also excited. I'm also very curious to see how this is going to go. I love the main character design. Dawn is my favorite Pokemon uh, char- main character because she has bangs and dark hair. And I was like, when I was little, I was like, what's better than this? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I'm very excited. And I'm glad that we're uh, getting a cool historical look into the Sinnoh region. I'm not sure about the side missions. I kind of have a bad feeling that it's just going to be like, catch this one, bring it here. Catch this Pokemon, bring it here. Catch this Pokemon, bring it here. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I think if the mechanics are good enough, I wouldn't super mind that because that is the part I'm most interested in is like the catching mechanics since you can catch Pokemon without like battling or weakening them. So it could, if it was like, catch five Bidoofs. It's like in a normal Pokemon game that would be extremely redundant and repetitive. But in this game that might take like a couple minutes if that because you just walk up to them and chuck a ball at their head their little big old head. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. It's Uh, sad. You're stealing them from their natural habitat. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you getting this one day one? Probably, yeah. I think that'd be very fun to review this game. This will be a very... There's a lot to discuss about this game, I think. And once it comes out, I'm sure we'll have lots of thoughts, and I'm excited for that part. Yeah. Almost more than the game itself. Yeah. The grass is kind of ugly. Yeah, but that's the other thing is a lot of YouTube compression makes grass look ugly (laughs) in every game. Like even like games like Ghost of Tsushima that have like the best grass ever kind of look bad on YouTube. That's true. So that's one thing I'm really curious to see is if the grass is that ugly in game. It's not. Yeah, I don't mind the like particles. It's the texture of the ground. It's a little bit ugly, but you know what? We'll see how it looks on my Nintendo Switch. In 10 days. In 10 days. That's insane. How is it 10 days already? I know. Time is ever flowing. My goodness. There's a cricket's hot. Sorry, I'm watching. In your room? Yes. That's terrifying. That's cricket tune. (laughs) Cricket hot doesn't make that noise. It's, you know what? We'll pretend. Yeah, just like pretend that that's what I did. Is the right so noise. So d- during this ever flow of time and you being locked in your house because of snow, have you played anything, Kelly? Um, No, not really. I'm Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's more of the same. Uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 still. And I have to say, I Do got it. past a really, really difficult part. And I was so, so proud of myself. I was like, 
Woo! I've been working on that part for like a day, and it just I just wasn't working. So I worked around it. I figured it out, and I got through it. So that was good. Um, Tales of Arise, I'm still working through. Um, I'm just having a really hard time with controls. I think I just need to play it with a controller, even mm. though I don't want to deal with all of that. But it's fine. I wish there was a way I could just like transfer it from my PC to my PlayStation because I kind of just want to like sit down and play something on my PlayStation because if I'm being totally honest with you, I haven't really played anything on my PlayStation since I got my PC. So Yeah. I mean they haven't really done anything to That's true. To There's not been a play PlayStation 5, but it's not been a whole lot. But I've also been going to my old standbys, you know. Dragon Age. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it but anyway it's just been a lot of the same for me which is fine um i think tales of arise is kind of a meaty game anyway so it'll probably take me a while to get through yeah Um, so i wouldn't expect a review for some time but i am having fun with it and like i said i do and i am enjoying the story and i like the characters i just am having a hard time with the controls right now it's not very ergonomic for my wrists or my fingies. Oh, not your fingies. Yeah, it's a lot of like button mashing and button mashing on a mouse and keyboard is like not, it's not the move. It's not the vibe. No, that's not a good way to do it. No. So, but maybe next week I'll report back with something new. I don't know. Who knows? The world is ever changing. Um, there's been a lot. Co- there's a, There was actually a game that I was looking at on Steam. It was for sale. So I might talk about it next week, but I'm not going to say what Ooh. game it is because then you have to get it. And I have to do it. <laughs> so <I have> to <laughs> Commitment uh, is scary. <laughs> um, Andrew. Yes. What have you been playing this week? Um, video games. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> games. Just kidding. I goofed you. Um, I goofed you. You got me. You got me good. Oh, yeah. uh, I played a couple things this week. Um, not much to say about this one, but I played The Last of Us, the first game. What the heck is um, that? I've never uh, it's, heard of this, that game. Uh, it's this game by uh, Naughty Dog. Okay. Indie studio, uh, I guess. Uh, they're You know what? They're pretty new. They haven't been around for that many decades. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I played Last of Us, the first game, um, the PS4 remaster on I played the PlayStation 3 game remastered for PS4 on my PS5 because my goodness, why not? And uh, I was showing it to my partner and they enjoyed it a great deal. We played it way too fast uh, in two days, which is a very fast way to play that game. But nothing new to report, simply <laughs> that that game holds up very nicely and I recommend it highly if you have not experienced it still. Um, it's also interesting because it's the first time I've gone back to it since part two. And it's a far less dreadful product. It made me feel a lot less terrible about everything in life. Because the second one is not a pleasant experience, even if it is a fantastic game. Uh, But I also played a new release, new-ish release, called The Pedestrian. It just came to Game Pass and PlayStation 5 or 4 as well. It is a side-scrolling puzzle game. Uh, 
the platforming is pretty light, so it's more so a puzzle game with a, a little character that looks like the walk signs or bathroom signs. You know what I'm talking oh, about, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking I'm yeah. looking at it now. Yeah. So it's like the men and women signs of bathrooms. Imagine if those little things could move. Um, it is only a few hours long. I enjoyed it a good bit. To be honest, there were a couple puzzles late into the into the game that got kind of frustrating and felt convoluted more so than they needed to. Mm. Because early in the game, even when I got stuck, it always felt like there was like a forward momentum and a flow that I could stay in. But late in the game, that kind of halted a little bit. But I did finish the entire thing and... If you have Game Pass especially, I recommend it. If you have PlayStation and, you had, and you'd have to pay for it, maybe watch a trailer and see if it looks good to you. Um, I, I really liked the art style because you're basically on signs at all points. So you're going from like sign to sign in like a city and the background is like a full 3D city and like a full 3D campus and like sewers and all these different locations. So even though the signs are two-dimensional and like mostly monochromatic, the backgrounds have some really interesting details. Um, there's not really a story of any kind, but there are some interesting twists still, um, mostly gameplay-wise, late in the game. And it left me satisfied. It was the perfect length where if it kept going, I would have started to be like, all right, I'm exasperated. I don't want to play anymore. Um, and I think it's worth looking into at the very least. Nothing, ex nothing insane. It kind of reminded me of another game that I played recently, Super Liminal, where it's a puzzle game that starts really satisfying and kind of becomes a little frustrating in the end as they stretch their ideas kind of thin. Um, but as an indie product, this is really top quality. And that's basic. I, there's really not a lot to say about this game other than I think it's a clever idea. And I like that you're a little, little dude little walking around. Little dude, I was a little dude with a, a dress on, and just a little guy going through cute. the motions. Except when you die and it like splatters, and I'm like, eh, I'm like that feels so violent. Oh my god, I don't like that. I know, I don't like it either. I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't mean to walk into the laser beam. Please <laughs> forgive me. That's funny. That kind of reminds me of, I don't know why, um. I forget what it was called. It used to be this dumb little flash game. Um, and it was like this little stick figure and you could just do all these things to him, like set him on fire and like throw, <laughs> throw him around. He was like confined in a little box. I know exactly like what you're talking around. about. Stick buddy, maybe like little buddy or something like that. Uh, yeah. Let me look it up. I think it was stick buddy. Don't recommend it. Kids. Very violent. No, not sticky buddy. Ew. What does that mean? It's like, um, it's like a mop thing. Stick buddy game. Interactive buddy. Interactive buddy. That sounds, oh my yeah. Gosh, no, I know that. Addictinggames.com. I'm just going to talk about this next week. Just go on addictinggames.com. I mean, we've all been there. I feel like the age of our audience is prime for addictinggames.com. Where, you know, when you had the computers in school, that's where you go immediately. Got schoolwork to do? No. Addictinggames.com. Wow. Kelly's going to do a full-length retrospective on Flash Games and AddictingGames.com next week. 
I am. Um, I just want to read some of the reviews from uh, addictinggames.com for Interactive Buddy. <gasps> okay. uh, first one from a week ago. I can't buy a week ago. Yeah. I can't buy an item. <laughs> the second one from over a month ago. Horrible game, worst experience of my life. My wife left me because I played this. I hate you. <laughs> um, another one. Even though it's 16 years old, it's very fun. And there's about 3,000 exclamation points. Um, I, I miss those kinds of reviews. And then my favorite, it's a nice, dinky little game. Stinky? Dinky. 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 See, it still sounds like your S, I'm losing your S on like the internet stream, but I know you're saying dinky. Dinky. This is like not the full version though. They like want to make me oh. pay for it. That's What? That's insane. No, absolutely not. All right. That's my retrospective on Interactive oh. Buddy. I lied. Kelly will not be doing a retrospective next week. <laughs> she just did it. She just finished. I hope you enjoyed That's it. That's how you get folks. Sorry. As well as hoping that you enjoyed this entire episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. It's been a good one. Hopefully next week we have no NFTs to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were saying. Well, see, I don't, I'm speaking poorly because I am selling my brain as an NFT. Oh, okay. Uh, DM me on Twitter for inquiries. I'll sell you, I'll pay two Ethereum for your brain. That's a lot of money. Is it? Ethereum is a few thousand dollars. It sounds like a Superman thing to me. I don't know. Like also, it's that's not a lot of money to buy a human brain. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> maybe not my brain. Well, my brain apparently does not work because I couldn't even say NFT, which maybe is good. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I heard your brain is pretty non fungible. Yeah, I don't even want to. My brain doesn't even want to know what that means. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. Bye.